I'm Apollonia. You may remember me from Purple Rain as leading lady to Prince, or from my band Apollonia 6. I've starred in films, TV shows, and I've been on the cover of magazines all over the world, including Playboy. I was also an LA Rams cheerleader. I'm going to take you with me. Welcome to my podcast, Apollonia Studio 6. Hello. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Apollonia Cotero, and welcome to Apollonia Studio 6. I am so honored to be here today in Hollywood with the first episode of my show. I'd like to introduce to you my best friend, my partner in crime, my co-host, the uh, brains behind the outfit, Mr. Seth. Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing, baby? I'm good. I'm excited. So am I. Can you believe we're actually doing this? I can't believe we're doing it. I We've, we've dreamt about doing it. Here it is. And it's going to be an unbelievable ride. It's going to be an unbelievable ride, everybody. We're excited um, to be here in Hollywood, to have the opportunity to spend time with you, our friends and family, and especially those in the purple world. Uh, we have great stories about Prince, of course. We have great stories about my Purple Rain cast, about the film. And uh, the one thing today, I'll let Seth announce what today is. Today, uh, as we're filming, is the 37th anniversary of the release of the Purple Rain soundtrack. So this wasn't planned. This is just synergy. And uh, June 25th, 1984. That's right. So as always, you know, we believe in these kind of uh, unbelievable coincidences. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Prince. Thank you, Prince. For giving us the this, uh, the this gift, opportunity. An opportunity. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. And we're doing it because of you. And it's just synergy we believe in. We believe we've been, we've been manifesting these great projects and ideas. And we're here for you. Uh, we would also like to answer questions that you might have. Uh, Seth thought about video. Yeah, yeah. We are going to give you an uh, email address later on where you can send your video questions, have a chance to be seen on the podcast, uh, asking your question. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from uh, everybody out there in the world. And we'll yeah, answer, we're really excited. Yeah, we'll answer your questions as long as... Uh, you know, you're not going to ask like my, you know, my bra size or anything, you know, <laughs> creepy like that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, You'll get some you, of those. You, you might, you might. Uh, but ask questions uh, regards to Prince, myself, our cast. We also have uh, some friends that are going to join us. I'm very excited to announce Carmen Electra, Amanda Wiss. We have also legendary comedian Joe Coy. Uh, we have our Purple Rain cast friends and family and with Seth's background I'm gonna now let Seth discuss who his family is and what he'll be bringing in and talking and then his friends so I'm excited about this okay well um, I'm sure some people are probably wondering why it's me and this beautiful woman doing this so uh, just a little bit of background uh, we came together through the beautiful, legendary, uh, uh, I call her the first lady of the Minneapolis Sound, mm -hmm. Jill Jones. Uh, me and Jill have been friends for years. 
And uh, her and Apollonia, of course, continued a friendship after Purple Rain. When we lost uh, Vanity, Denise, me and Jill uh, talked about, you know, well, hey, let's just go on up there and um, check, check, uh, you know, let's just go pay our respects. And so we made a, made a plan to go. And then maybe a day or two later, she called me and she said, Seth, she said, I think Apollonia wants to go with us. And I had never met Apollonia, even though I had had her posters all over my wall. I had never met Apollonia. So I was excited. I, was, I turned 12 again. I was like, Apollonia wants to ride with us? I said, it's a long ride. And she said, yeah. And then maybe 15 minutes later, my phone rang, and it was Apollonia. Well, that car ride, <laughs> five years Our, yeah. ago. Yeah, five years ago turned into a unbelievable friendship that probably started night one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I know, you picked me up and we just couldn't stop talking. Jill called. She goes, where are you guys at? You guys are running late. Yeah. Jill was like, where are you? It's like, we're oh, sorry. Time just got away from us. So, uh, so that's how we met. And then um, my mother, whose name is Malia Franklin. She was a member of Parliament Funkadelic, and she was the lead singer for the girl group from Parliament Parlette. And she was a friend of Prince's. She appeared in Graffiti Bridge uh, with George Clinton's band, the lady with the big blonde hair <laughs> and the boobs. That's my mom. <laughs> so uh, there was a connection and there was a synergy. And, uh, you know, it just became this thing and then once we got together we were just glued and then it was we started talking about ideas and talking about the mm -hmm. future and talking about you know what is what does Apollonia want to do and how are we going to do it and and yep. just having fun and then April 21st happened that changed everything yes that was uh we went to Denise's Denise Matthews memorial in uh Oakland and mm, San Jose, San Jose. Mm -hmm. at, we were in Oakland, San Jose and San Francisco. Yeah, we were everywhere. And uh, that was a really difficult weekend. And it was difficult to see Prince in such despair. So we were there to support him. And uh, you and I spent so much time together. Questlove was there. Yeah. Susan Moonsey, Brenda Bennett, Jamie, Jamie Shoup, Shoup. Yep. was Jill. there. Jill Jones. Yep. So it was something, uh, Susan Moonsey's family, sisters, it was really, it was remarkable. Prince announced us that we were there in the audience. He even put our names on the marquee yep. outside the Paramount. Yeah, yep. posted on his Twitter yep. that and they were coming. We were with him that night and spent uh, some quality time with him. We were there, like I said, to support him. And we never thought that that would be the last time we saw him. No, not at all. Uh, mm -hmm. I will say one of my proudest moments was that I was the first person to take a picture with Apollonia 6 all together since 1985. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. that is a, that is one of my feather in your hat, feather in my caps. And I'm going to tell you when I posted that thing on Instagram, the Instagram blew up. Because they couldn't believe that they were seeing Apollonia, Susan, and Brenda together. Right. You know, and it was a it was bittersweet because you know we lost Vanity, um, but it was also a reunion of these ladies mm -hmm. after 
many, many years. Yeah, being and, apart. Yeah, and then the next night we got a chance to see Prince. We had no idea it'd be the the last time yep. living, but we got a chance to see him. We got a call. Yeah, he knew we were in town, and uh, of course, you know, so we went to see him perform, and that was really difficult because you know we couldn't stop crying. We're yeah. all holding hands. He's singing all of our songs, and yeah. we were just like, you know, a puddle of of tears. And the following day, he had a party for us at a nightclub. And uh, it was wonderful. We went on stage. I was able to introduce little Susan. So she went on stage and did her thing. And Prince went on stage. And we just had a wonderful time. We took photos. But we, like, snuck some photos. Yeah. Just kind of walked by and went, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't see. Yeah. Uh, but we were really careful. I mean, we were respectful. We took a couple of shots because we know that he doesn't like to be photographed. Yeah. But like you said, we never thought that that would be the last time we saw him because he's supposed to live forever. Yeah. He's that little man, that old man on the album cover of Around the World, sitting there in the corner on the lower right. That's Prince, for some of the fans that already know or don't know. That's what we always thought, that he would live to be forever. Yeah. Old. Yep. And here we are, you know, just being... Oh, the gratitude and love that we have for him to enable me to have this platform to be able to speak to you. Yep. And to be able to work through the loss and find some joy. Yeah. The loss is some joy in it. Horrifying. Yeah, because because it just, you know, every I think that the world stopped. Mm -hmm. Podcasts today, I believe, is a great form of communication. We are now entering a different life worldwide. Cities are opening up. We've just gone through uh, COVID, oh, isolation, and uh, you know the deaths of so many humans around the world. Yeah. We're all communicating via you know FaceTime and Zoom, and I feel for for me a podcast is appropriate for me to be able to communicate with our Purple family and my friends out there. And I feel it's the right time. I've waited, you know, five years to start working uh, out of respect to Prince. Uh, Right before COVID, I did a small interview talking about Prince, but I wanted to feel comfortable to take the respect and the appropriate time to be able to do this. And before that, I couldn't do it. I was just, you know, severely depressed. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we're doing it now. Yeah. I think that everybody has wanted to hear your voice. Um, And I think that, uh, you know, now's a great time. And now's a great platform because we can really connect with the people, Mm -hmm. connect with the fams, as I call. F-A-M-S. I love that. We love you, fams. Connect with the fams. And, and, you know, really, I'm sure you're going to get tons of questions about Purple Rain. You're mm-hmm. going to get tons of questions about Apollonia 6. You're going to get tons of questions about the other Prince protégés. Mm-hmm. I might get some questions about Parliament Funkadelic and right. George Clinton and my godfather, Bootsy Collins, and things like that. So I love that you're able to speak on your terms. Mm-hmm. And... uh I think that's really important. And I think that 
that the people uh, will appreciate it. So I, God, I hope so. Yeah, it's a a great platform to be able to engage with our fans. Yeah, um, and then introduce, like I was saying, all of our friends yes. that we have. That yeah. I want to bring Carmen Electra. Mm -hmm. She was my neighbor. Think about this: out of all the places in Beverly Hills, she moves next door to me. Yeah. And that whole story was incredible. A limo rolls up and they knock on the door and, you know, we're looking for Karma Electra. And I thought, what the hell? And of course, there's Dennis Rodman's stories, which we're going to save until she gets here. And, you know, Dave Navarro, I was at their wedding uh, talking to Jill Jones. Yeah. Jill Jones is, to me, the legendary voice for Prince. She's a vocalist. She's on all the tracks. She's on everything and still an unsung hero because she's not credited. Yeah. So I want to talk to her about that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Joe Coy, we just went to see him perform the other day. Yeah. And uh, I asked him if he wanted to be on my show and he said yes. So we bring Joe Coy in here and it's going to be off the charts. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I am too. I mean, the, the, the connections that we have uh, with different people, you know, of course, with your career and just what you've done you know, in, in, in movies and music and TV and all those sorts of things. And uh, me being, myself being a, ch a child of the industry, mm -hmm. you know, I inherited a lot of people through my mother's connections. You know, my mother was very much like Jill Jones. And it's funny because she used to compare herself to Jill. She used to say mm. that she was George's Jill Jones oh, because she sang on everybody's right. stuff. Right. That's right. She sang on, you know, she did all sorts of deeds for Parliament Funkadelic that she, you know, was never credited for until now because wow. I just got finished writing right. the book, uh, Mothership Connected. Seth wrote the memoirs yeah. of, of your of mother's my, story. Yep. My mother, Malia Franklin. The original Brides of Funkenstein, Lynn Mabry and Dawn Silva, uh, original member of Parlette, Debbie Wright, and Parlette member Shirley Hayden. Um, and George participated, interviewed mm -hmm. for the book, gave me about three hours. Uh, Bootsy Collins gave me a lot of time. Sly Stone, which was probably the most um, rarest mm -hmm. interview, mm -hmm. was to get Sly, but you know, because we are family. I was able to say, hey, you know, I'm doing this and I need your voice because mm -hmm. his 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 voice is important because uh, he because of actually his relationship with my mother that started when she was a teenager, his relationship with Lynn Mabry, who's mm. his first cousin. Wow. And sang background for him and Don Silva, who sang background for him as well. And just his influence on George mm -hmm. Clinton. Mm -hmm. So Sly was really, really, really important. So, you know, I was able to get all these people and then the managers and the road managers wow. and the publicists. That's a lot of work. And the musicians. And I probably interviewed 30 to 40 people and they all gave their... Uh, memories mm -hmm. and recollections and their truths, their their truths. Because mm -hmm. the funny thing I learned about this is when you're doing that kind of project and you're talking to all these different people, everybody has a different recollection mm -hmm. of the exact same story. Wow. Or everybody has a piece of the puzzle. 
mm-hmm. of that story. So, uh, and it's very much like the Parliament Funkadelic family is very much like the Prince family. Oh, yes. Very, very, they're very similar. Well, Prince idolized George yes. and, you know, pretty much patterned his career and yep. the girl groups. Yeah, the girl George. groups, the offsprings, right. you know. Uh, George was really, I want to say, probably one of the first people, producers, who had a big conglomerate of a band that was Parliament Funkadelic, and he would take pieces of that conglomerate and get record deals mm-hmm. for all of these different people. Like, yeah, Prince. You know, doing things. And what was really extraordinary that George did was he had them on maybe four or five different record labels. Wow. Warner Brothers, wow. Casablanca, Arista, Wow, Atlantic. He covered it. Just I don't know if it, it was legal, <laughs> but he did it. Back in the days, man. Yeah, yeah. But it's been really interesting because I, the 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 similarities. Right. Absolutely. You know. In reading, when you read, well, we, we read the yeah. your manuscript. Yeah. It was uh, we cried yeah. when it was done. Yeah. When we were finished. Yeah. And I felt like I was part of that life because that was exactly the similarities between Prince, Apollonia 6, Vanity 6, and then Prince's other groups, the family, and everybody else. That I saw a, an article the other day, and I didn't realize the, um, all the different people that he had at Paisley yeah, Park. Yeah. And there were people that I've never heard of. Yeah. You know, they're just, and he would just, you know, on a conveyor belt. And I, I think truly that was a big problem. Yeah. Because there's not enough effort and time yeah. invested in each performer, each album yeah. and tours and all that. So they're just yeah. kind of like on a conveyor belt. You yeah. Know? You lose, I would think that, you know, you would tend to lose focus. And a personal perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I know with George, uh, you know, when he first started doing the offshoots with Bootsy's Rubber Band and uh, the first Parlette album, the first Brides of Funkenstein album, he was really involved, even though he did have other in-house producers mm-hmm. uh, 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 like uh, Ron Dunbar and Ron Ford and Gary Scheider. And there were other people that were part of Parliament Funkadelic that produced stuff, too, mm-hmm. you know, that will probably be the equivalent of, you know, the revolution. Mm-hmm producing on different Paisley Park artists. Mm -hmm. Uh, George had that. But, you know, as time went on and as projects went on, he became less and less involved. One reason, because as you know, as the, as the, 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 the monster gets bigger and as the camp gets bigger and as the fame gets bigger, you know, you're pulled in so many different directions that you can't just say, I'm going to focus on this or I'm going to focus right. on that. And it's different when you have two or three groups versus when you start going in six and seven and eight right, and nine exactly. and ten. Even though Prince wrote thousands and thousands of songs, but, mm-hmm. you know, you really can't give it the, the attention, the TLC yeah, right, that yeah. you could the first few protégés. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like dad isn't is too busy, he's not at home, and the kids right. get in trouble. Right. I mean, that's what happened with all of us. Yeah. It's very competitive. Yeah. Uh, very incestuous, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of, you know, animosity, and there was a lot of love, and, yeah. you know, our friendships have, you know, been able to last, what, 37 years, yeah. you yeah. know, that I have with yeah. my cast and crew. Yeah, it's very, it was very similar. I mean, I saw that with Parliament Funkadelic camp, mm-hmm. you know, and it was very much like, you know, much like Prince, everybody wanted the love and the approval of George. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You know, they wanted his approval and they wanted his his love and they wanted yep. all of the promises that, you know, they may have been made to get stuff done. And my mother, my mother was was no exception. You know, she was no exception. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is that, um, you know, but but I, I will say, though, I, I will have to say that, you know, the Prince universe or the Prince world, it seems like it's probably about five times more intense. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. it's probably about five times more intense within the family. Right. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you were saying how, you know, George, you know, created, you know, this competition mm -hmm. with Prince. It was the same. Yeah. He selected a lot of alpha males and alpha females. Yeah. So there was that, you know, that competition. And yes, you know, myself personally, you know, working with him as a professional collaborator, I was never, you know, yeah. in a relationship with him yeah. uh, as a girlfriend or anything like that. Yeah. But every single female, and I know if they watch the show, they'll have to admit it's true, but every single female, we all wanted Prince's attention at that very moment that we were right there. I know I did. Yeah. I wanted to be the best co-star. I wanted to be the best actress. Yeah. I wanted to do the best in every single one. So that's where the power and control came on his part because he knew that. We were like, yeah. Dad, 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 me, pick me. Like yeah. in, in parochial school and I was in yeah. class, it was just, you know, I had yeah. the answers. Like, pick me. We all did that. Yeah. Well, I think that with him especially, he had the gift of making everybody feel that at that moment they were the one. Mm -hmm. He At that moment, but he knew how to just come in. That's yeah. it. And you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as my mother used to do, it's called the goscarron, right? With the knuckle and right in the temple. And he would do that. He'd come just like, you know, A, B, C. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Can somebody pull the knife out of my heart, yeah. please? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 it's complicated. And even with George, it was very complicated. He had a couple of, he had a couple of relationships with a couple of the women mm -hmm. that were in the, you know, the Parliament Funkadelic stable. Uh, but um, I think that, you know, it just, it, it's very interesting how, you know, that guy, you know, somebody becomes that guy, you know, George became that guy. And mm -hmm. I don't even know if George necessarily knew he was that guy mm -hmm. or felt that he was that guy. I know that he, that he, you know, he knew his power and he right. knew what he could do. Right. With Prince, he knew that he was the guy. Oh yeah, he, at, he his intention was, it was there. To oh, be yeah. the guy. Of course, absolutely. This is, this is my shit. And I'm in control, <laughs> right? not you. Right. Yep. And, uh, you know, so it's, 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 and I, and you know, funny enough is that I've seen the same dynamics. I've seen the same dynamics with Rick James's camp. It's very, it's, you know, because I work with some of the original Mary Jane girls. Right. And it's so much a mirror image when you have that powerful, creative, genius kind of producer. You represent, you work, manage the Mary right. Jane girls. Yeah. Yeah, I manage a version of the Mary okay. Jane girls. The, new, the latest version. Yeah, I manage one version of the Mary <laughs> Jane girls. But, um, you know, it's really, it's really, um, it's really interesting that, you know, when that person is the guy and he, and he, 
and he creates these little pieces of him mm-hmm. because really yeah. all the proteges are pieces of that person. Yep. You know, Vanity 6, Apollonia 6, the time, everybody were pieces of his military his personality. We were part of his military, we were yeah. little soldiers all dressed the same. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. And it was the same for Parliament Funkadelic. You know, Parlette was one kind of girl group, a very dominant girl group, you know, overly sexual. And then the Brides of Funkenstein was kind of more of a classy thing. And then, you know, Bootsy was his own thing, mm-hmm. you know, but everybody are pieces of these of, of these guys. So um, you know, it's really interesting how the dynamics mirror each other. Right. When you're in these kind of organizations, and I'm pretty sure it probably was the same with Motown, right? You know, I'm I, sure. I'm sure it was probably the same with Motown. You know, everybody wanted to be Barry Gordy's pick. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to be the Diana Ross, and then right. when Diana was gone, they wanted to be the next Diana Ross, right. and you know, so wow. yeah, that's the end. Political mess. <laughs> what a political mess! But there was a lot of great music. Oh, gosh. A lot of great music came out of that mess. Legendary you know? music. Yeah. So, so you know, while we're on the subject, Uh-oh. why don't you share with the fans, I don't know, let's talk about the very first day of filming for Purple Rain. Oh, okay. <laughs> the very first day, gee, let me, let me just go into like my, you know, like memory bank here the very first day that we shot was uh incredibly incredibly cold mm-hmm. it was close to uh i believe late september early october october in minnesota minneapolis minnesota mm-hmm. and we go to a location and everything's really just dreary it was really cloudy and there was slush you know the, sometimes it would rain yeah. we knew it was going to start snowing soon so Al says, okay, here's our location. And uh, we took photos. Yeah. And we just took some stills. And Prince, you know, we were by a big tree and he hands me a flower. So we took the photos and then we're ready to shoot. First take, take number one, first scene, first day. Our director, Al Magnoli, tells us to get on the motorcycle and then we have to just take off. And we have a small, you know, a small path. And it's slushy, you know, mud and all that. And he gives us, a, you know, the length. And it looks kind of short. So Prince has to take off and then stop. And just, you know, a ride through. And we get on the bike. And he takes off. <laughs> and he guns it. And, <clears throat> and then he just goes and <clears throat> drops the bike. He drops the bike. And I'm just like, all you see is like, mm. <laughs> and the bike was dropped on me. He jumped off it and he was out. And I'm laying there sideways with the pipe burning my pant leg. And I'm like, like shit, and it hurt like mother F, like a mother father. And uh, I got up. And I remember I was just like, don't cry, don't cry, everything's fine, don't worry about it. And I just walked around, I kind of hopped, I go, oh, don't limp, just walk. And I, we started walking, and there was already snow in a certain little area there. As I'm walking, I could hear Al Magnoli just completely freaking out. I look over at Prince, and he's way on the other side, he's horrified. He can't even look at me. I see his face is just like, 
it looked like he wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. And I was holding back tears. As I'm going through the snow, I'm leaving. I look back and there's blood, drops of blood in the snow. So how did you get from under the bike? <laughs> I just squeezed out of it, pulled my leg out. And uh, I started to, I could feel, you know, I knew the pipe, the exhaust pipe had burnt, you know, a hole through my pants. So I started to limp away and then realized I shouldn't limp because everybody's going to be worried. We're going to, you know, we have to finish filming today. And as I was limping away on an ice patch, Mm -hmm. I looked down and there was blood. I was leaving drops of blood. So that's when I saw Al Magnoli's face and he just, he was red, angry. Prince looked like he was going to. Like I said, cry. He was horrified. He was just, his face was like, and uh, Al says, that's it. It's a wrap. We're done. We pick up tomorrow. And I was like, what did I do? I felt bad, you know, guilty. I did something, you know, I was 24, insecure. I wanted to just, you know, be the best leading lady. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm fine. Everything's okay. And he's, you know, you're bleeding. And the nurse came over, and then, you know, we had other duplicate pants that I started using for the following days, but I still have the scar Yeah. on my ankle. Yep. What outfit you were, you were wearing the... The black? Outfit that you were in the mall scene, the Take Me With yes, You scene, right? Yes, the little skirt, jacket. Yep, yeah. that was it. So a yeah. big hole there, and burnt, and my flesh on the pipe, and Prince, you know, just like dumped it, split. <laughs> I, it was just... I'm not defending him, but it was his natural reaction. I'm sure he was nervous. The problem was the distance was too short. Yeah. It was just too short, you know, and you couldn't use, you know, stunt guy because they weren't shooting it from behind. Yeah. They were shooting it from above. So he lost, you know, it was slushy and muddy and it was horrible. Yeah. And we all just went back to our hotel rooms and I didn't hear from Prince or anything, you know, and that was it. We were all like quiet in our van and trailers and just like, Wow. That was it. Yep. First day. It was horrifying. Scary. But then, look what happened. Yep. We're at the Oscars. Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) nothing great comes easy. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Nothing great comes easy. So I I, I, I would expect nothing less than Mm -hmm. you to get trapped under a motorcycle and have your leg burnt. My leg burnt. But imagine, though, being the director. Yeah. Or a producer. I mean, now that you and I are, you know, producing and, you know, you've directed and I've directed, yeah. uh, that's frightening. It you, is. You're like, oh my gosh, you have your bonding insurance company, yeah. your female, you know, lead actress is burnt up and, yeah. and you, everybody's traumatized. Yeah. And you feel all the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I know when I, it, when I uh, directed, um, <clears throat> I love myself for Shaka Khan a few years back. You know, it's it's really interesting because I had I had done videos before that uh, uh, for R and B artists like Mickey Howard and Vesta Williams and things like that. But I was always by myself. I was MacGyver in it. It was just me and a camera and some <laughs> lights, and we're gonna make it work. You always do that. Is MacGyver is like Seth could make a full fledged video <laughs> with a crouton and a toothpick. Literally, that's it. So. With Shaka, it had to be different. Mm -hmm. And the thing with her, Shaka is like my uh, second mother. She calls me, she says, I'm your spiritual mama. Right, I know. Her and my mother and her sister, Taka, were Mm -hmm. all friends in the 70s. 
Shaka Sisters Taka? Yeah. Shaka Taka? It's Shaka Khan, Taka Boom. Wow. And she has another sister as well. But Shaka, Shaka and Taka were both. Shaka Taka. Yeah. Taka was the original, which Taka was in a group called Undisputed Truth. Yes, of course. And they, they uh, did Smiling Faces, right? Yeah, Undisputed Truth. I believe smiling that is. Yeah, faces, that's them. Yeah. Smiling yeah. Faces. Yeah. So, uh, my mother and Taka and Shaka were all friends in the 70s. As a matter of fact, my mother and Shaka almost beat up a girl <laughs> from another group in the bathroom <laughs> of a show here in L.A. back in 1976. No way. And the funny thing was, my mother told me the story. And, you know, <laughs> my mother, for any of you that ever knew her or met her, she was bigger than life. She was extremely dramatic. And of course, when you're the kid, she's telling me, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, mom. <laughs> so as I started writing this book, she's telling me, yeah, me and Shaka almost beat this girl's ass in the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, oh, okay, mom. Okay, well, give it to me. I'll write it down. You know, I'm. Oh my gosh. And what happened? I met Shaka uh, maybe a couple of years later after that, because I didn't know Shaka when mm -hmm. her and my mom were friends back in the 70s, but I met Shaka probably 2011 mm -hmm. through our mutual friend, Mickey Howard. Right. And it was funny because I asked Shaka, mm -hmm. you know, Shaka meets tons of people. And I said, you know, you and my mother were friends. And she said, really? And I, I, yeah, I said, her name is Malia and such and such and such. And I, I'm sure Shaka was, Shaka was kind of like, well, yeah, the name sounds familiar and mm -hmm. such and so. And I said, yeah. I said, she told me that you and her were about to beat. I'm not going to say her name. I'm not going to incriminate her, though. <laughs> but she's in, a, she's in a group from the 70s. Uh -oh. uh, yeah, my mother told me that the last time she saw you was in 1976. And you and her were going to beat up blank from blank. And Shaka curses like a sailor. And she Worse said- Oh, I do? She said, wow, damn it. I know exactly who your mother is. We were going to beat that girl's ass. Well, it just, <laughs> it just, it, it, it was like, it was full circle because oh, then wow. she knew exactly who my mother was. Right, right. Oh, my and, gosh. and, um, <laughs> and it, it was what kind of was, it made me very mel melancholy it was after my mom died in 2010. Taka, her sister was living mm. over in, in, in uh, England. Mm. And she had moved back to the States. And uh, I had went over to Shaka's house and Taka was there. It was the first time I ever got a chance to meet her. You know, she said, oh, you got to meet, you got to meet Yvonne. You got to meet Yvonne. And she said, and I'm like, Yvonne? She said, Taka. Oh, said, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we go down and she introduces me to her and she's like, hey, I'm Taka. So Shaka said, this is Malia's son. Mm. And Taka collapsed in my arms and just started to ball. Oh, and then I started to ball. Oh, so we're man. all bawling. Oh man. You know, but it was it was beautiful. And I mean, it just Shaka looked at me and she said, You're family. And that's what that it's it. been ever since. So when she wanted me to direct this video on her, mm -hmm. I had never like directed a real, real music video before. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, Shaka was releasing the record independently. I think it might have been the only one she ever released independently. Hmm. And um, she said, I want you to do the video. I had done some still shots of her that she loved, that she mm -hmm. was using a lot. And um, 
She said, I want you to do the video. And I said, okay. Um, That's so exciting though. Yeah. But I said, well, what do you want me to do? She said, just come up with something. I trust you. This is Shaka Khan. Yeah. I trust you. Oh my gosh. And so I kind of came up with the treatment. She told me the parameters of what we had to work with. Mm -hmm. And I came up with the treatment, but I had to get a crew because I knew I couldn't MacGyver this. Right. Yeah, of course. So. (laughs) I would like to have seen you try. I, I. you know, I kind of a little, I kind of post MacGyvered it, right? But <laughs> I met an unbelievable uh, producer, a couple of unbelievable producers, and um, I said, "This is what we're going to do. We're going to shoot it in our house." And they got my whole crew together. I had a fifteen-person crew. Wow! Wow! We got it knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then the funny thing was, we did all the shooting. The crew goes home, and then. Couple of days later, Shaka calls me. She says, "I forgot to do my close-ups." Oh, oh, oh. ECU <laughs> extreme close-ups. And I said, "Oh my gosh, the crew is gone. The crew, crew is, what are we going to do?" She said, "I got to do my close-ups. I got to do my close-ups." So I MacGyvered. I went back to her house. Mm-hmm. I built the set again. again. Oh my god! I rented the same kind of camera that they filmed it with, which was this expensive-ass Canon, <laughs> and we shot her close-ups. close-ups. Wow. Oh. So, you know, it's my little shocker story. But. You're a badass. Well, you know, thank you. I yeah, appreciate that. All the work that you've done. But I can't, it's beautiful to have a, to be able to, now with some of the great things that we're doing, with some of the great people we're doing them with, I'm Are just really kidding? excited. It's going to be beautiful. Now, you came up with the idea that you were saying, like, you know, bringing my friends in yeah. and the lives that I've had in my career. Yes, yes. Uh, of course, of course, Apollonia from Purple Rain will probably be on your tombstone. <laughs> yes. Here lies sex shooter. <laughs> but what most people I know and most fans know that you had a life before Purple Rain. Yes. You know, there was a mystique that. Prince wanted to project that he discovered you. Yes, absolutely. But the truth of the matter is, is that you were a model, mm-hmm. you were an actress before you met him. And what I find probably one of the most impressive things is you were the first Mexican yes. LA Rams cheerleader. See. I think that that's unbelievable. That is, that's the making of a legend right there. So tell me, or tell us, a really good L.A. Rams cheerleader story. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. Um, I auditioned. It was a whole week. And some of the judges were, we had Will Chamberlain. We had one of the singers from... Uh, um, Oh my gosh, we had we had celebrities, mm-hmm. right? Male celebrities, yeah. male. And uh, I remember being number 700 and something. Ooh. So we had to go there and audition and dance and sing and uh, do routines. Not really sing, but just kind of, you know, do rah-rah and all that stuff. So yeah. then I made the final cut. And then we were in the corporate offices for the Rams. And I remember... I went to the record store in San Pedro, California, where I was living at the time, and I bought the 45 Good Times, chic. Yeah. And the guy, you know, drops Neil on the record. 
and I'm like in the store, you know, good times, and I'm like, that's what I'm going to audition to. Yeah. So they put the 45. Everybody was doing uh, Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. And I, I was sitting there thinking, God, if I, and I almost picked that one. And I was like, if I hear that song one more time, <laughs> I'm going to vomit. So then they bust out with Chic. All the black women, all the black girls came onto the stage and cheered me on. Wow. That, to me, I was like, you know, I didn't see other Hispanics, but they were all just like, you know, Nile Rogers, my friend. So that gave me, you know, in Spanish you say, apoyo. It gave me the incentive courage. So, man, I started busting my moves, you know, and dancing and, you know, doing my slip and slide and everything. And I was selected. Wow. We, one of the funniest stories I would have to say is that when I was on the field, Hollywood Henderson was a big flirt. Mm-hmm. And he would come around, and it's, I know there's footage, NFL footage. He would come and dance next to me. Mm. And he was flirting, you know, and he gave me his phone number and everything. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, and he was handsome. Uh, we weren't allowed to date the players. And uh, they would make sure that, you know, everybody was aware. Uh, you couldn't mingle with the football players. There was a party once with the New England Patriots and the Rams. There was a big party, and I didn't go to it. Okay. Our manager, David Marish, the next day, he says, Cotero, he goes, you weren't there? I said, no, sir, I wasn't. I go, I have a boyfriend. He just kind of looked at me like, hmm, because a lot of girls went there, partied, took acid, mm-hmm. got crazy, mm-hmm. and one of my best friends, I won't say her name, ended up naked oh. at the party. She was the coolest chick, too. She's all naked. And I was like, and then they fired her. And I was brokenhearted. The same girl used to do acid in her thermos while we were rehearsing on the field at the Coliseum. She would say, hey, Cotero. She goes, you want to drop some acid? And I was like, no. I go, what the hell are you talking about? We have to drive home. Yeah. And she goes, it's okay. It's mild, you know, purple acid, purple microdot, you know, orange paint, whatever. I can't remember all that. And she would just you know, go and do the routines, and she would figure it out, and you couldn't tell. But she would, you know, put the drops in her thermos and drink it up. and She's probably dancing on rainbows and everything Oh, else. she was a blast. She <laughs> had the best time. So that those are, you know, funny stories. There's others, but I think what I'll do is that I'll save. There was a really great story that involves Mick Jagger. Mm. But what I'll do is that, because it's your great idea, once again, Seth's great ideas. I will bring in some of my Rams cheerleader friends. Yes. We could interview them. Yes. They could tell us all their stories. Yes. I also, skipping ahead, I have a lot of friends that are playmates. Mm-hmm. I did Playboy. Mm-hmm. I was probably one of the few people that did it with my clothes on. Mm-hmm. I think I remember flipping the page and there was a my photo and there was another photo and I would close and I was like, oh, her boobs are in my face. <laughs> her boobs are in my face you know and I'm wearing you know a bikini but it would be great to talk about Hef yeah. you know my friendship with Hef yeah. Marilyn Grabowski uh, all the great people at, at the mansion talk about misogyny yeah. talk about the, the nude layouts talk about you know the magazine today as opposed to the magazine back in the 80s or the magazine in the 60s Yeah, and bring in a couple of my friends you know I, I think have, it would be great I would love that. Um, I also used to bring in playmates, models, 
from Hollywood to meet Marilyn. And if they were selected as a playmate, I would get a finder's fee. Mm. So I was in the hustle, man. I had to yeah. pay my bills, my rent, put food on the table for myself because I got sick and tired of just eating top ramen yeah. and just drinking water. That's what was my diet, yeah. you know, just top ramen and going to auditions. I'd go into gasoline stations and change my clothes in there mm -hmm. to put on, you know, my lucky little dress. It was a candy stripe dress that I wore for a movie called Heartbreaker with yeah. Fernando Allende. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of lives I've had. Yeah. But the cheerleader would be great. That would be fun. And then playmates. Yeah. I have come up with this uh, segment. This is going to become my segment because really this show is about her. Uh, but I have these unbelievable questions Oy. that I'm going to be asking all of our celebrity guests. And uh, you can only imagine some of the answers that you get. So she's going to be guinea pig number one. Fabulous. All right. So I'm going to ask you these 10 questions. I guess we're going to call them Seth's 10 questions, or yeah. we, we might think up a better name. 10 questions by Seth. Something. But here they are. Maybe the fans could come up with a name. Yeah, maybe the fans can come up with a name. Mm -hmm. All right. So here we go. Um. Tell me one thing that most people don't know about you. That I speak Spanish, mm -hmm. uh, that I'm 5'2", uh, that I never dated Prince. I don't know what religion he is. Uh, that's, I think, yeah, that we never dated. What's the greatest part about being Apollonia? That I go to get a good table once in, once in a while at a restaurant? No. Uh, what's a Geez, the fact that I'm able to have so many great friends all over the world mm -hmm. that support me, that have enabled me to, oh my God, I'm getting choked up, put food on the table for my family. I'm grateful. Thank you, Prince. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge about being Apollonia? That sometimes I don't have enough to put <laughs> food on the table <laughs> for my family. The biggest challenge. Uh, gosh, people want me to look the same way that I looked in the movie, mm -hmm. that I'm always going to look forever young and voluptuous because I cleaned up pretty good back then. I didn't know back then I was a young and secure little girl, but I'm 61 years of age. I'm proud to say it. You this be. is my face for real, nothing ever. And if I ever do anything, maybe we'll do it live, but uh, maybe hopefully one day they'll have a pill that I could just take and then pat me on the back and it'll be my ass up here. I'll be just pulled out and... I'm kidding. I'm just, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. What's been your highest career moment to date? Uh, walking the red carpet at the Oscars. That was remarkable. I couldn't believe it. I watched the Oscars since I was a little girl. Like everybody says, every actor that goes up there, every actor that goes up there grabs her Oscar and ever since I was a little kid, but... You know, my parents used to watch it, and there I was, with my father crying in front of MTV. Yeah. So that's the ultimate for an actor. Yeah. What's your biggest career regret thus far? Oh, my gosh, my biggest career regret. Hmm. I'm not finished yet with my career, so I don't have any regrets. I've made mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all made mistakes, but any real regrets... Mm, 
I'm not finished yet. Ask me when I'm 90. All right. All right. I will be. <laughs> What's the craziest rumor you've ever heard about yourself? Oh, that I'm Denise Matthews. I'm Vanity. Uh, again, I'm Mexican-American. Uh, people think I'm African-American. I've been on the cover of Jet. Mm -hmm. Ebony, I was named, which is really just an honor, I was named one of the 10 most beautiful women, African-American. And I remember I thought, I felt bad because that took a spot from someone. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mexican-American. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did you and Vanity get confused a lot? Yes. Yeah. Yep. If you looked at us, I mean, she was taller than I am, you know, small on top larger hips i'm the opposite small you know larger on top and little hips mm -hmm. but when you really saw us you know we didn't look like each other but yes there were photographs where she stated publicly that we had the same profile and to this day i'll look at a photo and it's like oh it's vanity because mm -hmm. i think it's me mm -hmm. and she said the same wow yeah if you had to choose would you choose love or money love why because love is all you need. I could live on the street and eat shit sandwiches, but if I have love, that's it. Mmm, shit sandwiches. <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> if sex were a food for you, what food would it be? An emoji. Which is? Eggplant. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's purple. <laughs> if you could take places with one person for a day, who would it be and why? Uh, Kamala Harris. Because I want to be on the presidential plane and my own chopper and be badass woman. You know, VP of America. That would be so awesome. The power, the ingenuity, the intelligence. She's a woman. That's just, just to see, you know, and get the portfolios and look at all, you know, whatever's going on in the country, around the world. And, you know, at least maybe I would get a chance to make one decision that day. Okay. And the last question would be, or finish this sentence. No, this would be a sentence. Finish this sentence. If I could do it all over again, I would. If I could do it all over again, I probably would have fought harder for my royalties and publishing in the purple world. I didn't fight. I never fought Prince. I never sued him. Uh, we had our disagreements about the songs that I wrote, Glamorous Life and Manic Monday. I would have fought harder. My lawyers were angry with me, but I always knew that he would do the right thing. I'd probably go back and just sit down with him and just like, you know, let's take care of this business first. Yeah, fight yeah. it out a little bit. Yeah, more. but I was young again and I even, I always say, I told my lawyers, I said, look, I said, he's Goliath, I'm David, and this isn't the Bible. Yeah, I say the F word, this isn't the fucking Bible. And I wasn't about to start, you know, trying to sue and fight. That's just not me. I don't sue anybody. So. All right. Great. Wow. Those are assessed 10 questions. Those were tough. <laughs> those are 10? Yeah, that's 10. Really? That's 10. Wow. So if you come on the show, 
No, I'm going to hit you with them. So our guests will have to answer those questions. Yeah. Yeah. But I already got the already got the eggplant answer, so you can't pinch that one. <laughs> you will get the most amazing like your your answers. You're going to give people information they never knew. Mm-hmm. And I just know that uh, all of our great guests and friends will just, you know, just a little peek mm-hmm. inside uh, some information that they probably never knew about their favorite people. Right. So I just think it's a great thing. So It's fun. Thank you for those questions. Those are brilliant. Of course. Ten questions. All tough right. stuff. All right. <laughs> First off, we want to thank you for taking your time and yes. watching our little podcast. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We're hoping yeah. that... You will follow us and support us. This is important for Seth and myself, for me to be able to speak with you, to communicate with you, to answer your questions, to be very honest. To me, it's very important that we're here talking about the truth. We have Prince stories. We have Seth stories. (laughs) But I really want our fans to hear the truth coming from me. Uh, I haven't spoken about a lot of these things my entire life so it's a bit uh it's exciting for me i'm a little nervous but at the same time the fact that you're there for us you've been there for me for so many years that i want to somehow give back to you i've never branded myself and i know the word brand is misused a lot yeah but i've never done anything like this so for me it's exciting i'm nervous so i need your support this show will only be truthful. It'll be fun. It'll be funny. I'd like to talk to all of my friends. I'd like to have your ideas. You could submit your ideas. And you had an idea for the fans, the fans, about a video. Yeah. We're going to give you a email address, email your video questions, and we are going to choose some that we're going to actually show on the podcast. So you'll see yourself. Ask an Apollonia the question, and we're going to get it. And we actually, you know, can do that for future guests we're going to have, you mm-hmm. know. We'll let you know who's coming. You send your video questions in, and uh, you could end up on the air with us. Exactly. So we'll make sure you get the contact information where you can do that. Just anything, any questions, please send them. I'm so curious to see what you think of our idea doing a podcast and we just want to communicate with you. Yeah. And one more great thing that I that we're going to do that I think that you guys will really enjoy is every celebrity guest that we have on, we're going to get something. I'm going to personally go and get something that is uh, 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 a landmark in their career. And we're going to have them autograph it on air. And then we'll do contests and giveaways and things like that for for the fans because i think that uh you know as as i am a collector i'm a big collector Mm -hmm. and i know there are a lot of collectors out there a lot of prince collectors a lot of apollonia collectors a lot of parliament funkadelic collectors Mm -hmm. all of that i'm a collector myself so i wanted to create something where as a collector you can get something personally signed You'll always have the film of them signing it, mm-hmm. and it will belong to you. So we're going to 
get those kind of things and give them away during uh, contests and, and quizzes. And we'll have uh, our guests make up some of the most obscure questions for you to answer oh, to win, win certain things. So it's going to be a fun, fun time, guys. It's going to be a great time. Imagine getting a personal Playboy autograph by Carmen Electra. That would be dope. It's going to happen. I'm also very excited to take the show, Apollonia Studio 6, on location. We'll start here in L.A. Yeah. In some of the areas where we shot Purple Rain. I would like to go to where I also live, the island of Oahu, and do an Aloha special with my friends out there. I have uh, some very talented friends out on the islands. It would be so great. Definitely. I'm, I'm getting a phone call. Who is it? It's a surprise. Hello, who's calling? Hi, this is Jerome Benton. Oh my gosh. Apollonia. <laughs> Jerome. For conversation? <laughs> yes, she hey, is. Apples. Hi, baby. How are you? How you doing, lady? How I'm, you doing? I'm so much better now. We're actually filming my podcast. You're calling. Oh, oh wow. Are you, you have a podcast? I have a podcast. Would you do me an honor and be on my podcast and come and just do your thing, please, Jerome Benton, love of my life? I, Apollonia, that will keep me from stalking you online. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is so great. I am... S- Thank you so much. I'm so honored. So you come on mm-hmm. and you talk to your fams. You bring whatever you want. You could do whatever you like. You could you could roll on the table. You could sing and dance. You could do anything. Apples, I ain't got no fans. I got some friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, thank you so much. I love you. God bless you. We're looking forward to seeing you live. Jerome Benton. Were, were you busy? Am I busy right now? Uh-huh. Yeah, we're filming right oh, now. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to. Okay, I won't disturb you then, baby. You go ahead and do your business, but save a slot for me. I certainly will. I love you. That, that could be nasty too, couldn't it? Oh, yes, it could be. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping. It's been a long time. No, all, all respect to you, beautiful lady. I'll talk to you later, my sister. I love you. We'll talk in a little bit. Thank you. Right, bye bye. Is there anything else that we could. I think that's it. I think we're, we've got to wrap this up. You know, I think this was a good first time. It was. It was a good first time. Was it good for you? It was good for me. It was good for me, too. Was it good for you? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Apollonia Catero, and... I'm Mr. Seth. Coming to you live from Hollywood, California, on our podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you. We love you.